Well, you may have seen this already, but Ottawa is not the only Commonwealth capital targeted by a trucker convoy these days. There are protesters camped out in front of New Zealand's parliament in Wellington today. It's Wednesday in New Zealand. With me now is Aaron Derman, political reporter at News Talk ZB in New Zealand, and he joins me from Wellington. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us tonight, Aaron. No problem at all. Good evening, Ben. What's it been like and how much of an eye were you keeping on Ottawa as you were watching this evolve? Well, I'm coming to you, if you might be able to hear uh, behind me, but quite literally from New Zealand's parliament right at the front and looking as I speak to you uh, onto this protest, onto this convoy. There's sort of a smattering uh, of tents on on the parliamentary lawn. Now, this is quite literally sort of parked up uh, in front um, of the halls of power. It's something I've never seen before. And of course, yes, we were keeping an eye on what was happening overseas and with you guys in Canada as to how exactly this convoy will play out. It arrived yesterday, thousands of protesters uh, coming into the capital, sort of down the country uh, and leaving this city in a standstill. I mean, when you talk about some of the main streets here around uh, Parliament, uh, you just weren't able to move. Buses were disrupted. Uh, people uh, weren't able to get to and from work. Uh, so certainly uh, a significant impact. Um, but I must say, uh, as, as we sort of head into the evening here, uh, things are certainly simmering down just a little bit. If we could take a step back. and So how did this evolve? And when protesters arrived, what specifically are they asking for? Well, this has evolved over, of course, the, the duration of the pandemic when it comes to the, uh, the the vaccine mandates, particularly here in New Zealand. There are some jobs, uh, a number of jobs that you now aren't able to do if you're not fully vaccinated. Many of these people out here are, are those frustrated with those mandates, people that have potentially lost their jobs as a result of these mandates. Of course, there's also a whole crowd of uh, anti-government sentiment. Uh, there's people that are that are simply just sort of against Jacinda Ardern's government. There are people that are anti-vaccination, uh, and there are sort of some people that are pulling out all sorts of different, uh, to be honest with you, downright conspiracy theories um, from the last couple of years from New Zealand sort of stories and news events that have happened. Um, but this really has developed as we've come out of, I guess, our lockdown approach and locking down uh, when we get uh, COVID cases now with Omicron. Uh, that has completely changed and we're starting to move into a more phased reopening to the world, but also a reopening of the country. And largely, if you're fully vaccinated here in New Zealand, you're effectively able to do uh, your day-to-day. -day. Many things that, um, that I, I imagine you'd be able to do in Canada or overseas, you're able to do here. But of course, if you're not vaccinated, that's where, I guess, your freedoms are to a certain extent uh, limited. Uh, and that's what these protesters have, have come here to uh, to to talk about the protesters that were that have arrived here i mean there are many different demands certainly lifting vaccine mandates uh was one of them opposition to the vaccines to begin with was another one there was certainly talk amongst some organizers of sort of you know re replacing the government and that's been talked about uh you know the, the word sedition has been thrown around at, at different points um do you get any sense of what the protesters there would like ultimately like to see happen with with uh, with ms ardern's government I think there is a, a little bit of a sense of hypocrisy with what they're asking for because they want more media coverage. They also want the government to listen, but then they're very aggressive and there's a, sort of simmering tensions out here in Parliament. You know, you could cut at times today 
the tensions with a knife, uh, abuse to media, uh, sort of saying that media should be executed um, with some things being thrown around um, out here. And I think ultimately they probably themselves aren't entirely sure uh, what they are necessarily protesting for, but they are here, I think, as an anti-government force. And it got quite uh, aggressive, in fact, this afternoon, around sort of three o'clock our time, they started to push up and sort of announce that they were going to storm up Parliament steps and break through the barriers. Uh, Police had to send out reinforcements. There were a couple of arrests. Uh, And at that moment, I've got to be honest with you, it was quite terrifying to be sort of right here um, on the front line watching that all play out and particularly watching that all play out here in New Zealand where, as I said before, it's something I've never seen before. And to be honest, it's something that I never expected to see here in this country. Yeah, certainly when you list, you know, when you start to list the world's most exciting capital cities, I guess Ottawa and Wellington probably aren't far up that list. <laughs> usually, usually tranquil little places. As well. I mean, Ottawa is bigger by, by population size, but, you know, they, they seem quite similar. Um, where does this go, do you think, now in the short term? I mean, and again, the kind of aggressiveness, was that a small group of it or was it, was you feeling that kind of tension from the whole group or do you think there's sort of a small group of, of, of people who are quote unquote, as we would call them here, bad apples? Well, I guess the thing is with a crowd and particularly when sort of there's a bit of a groundswell, people sort of get engaged. So if you start chanting, if you start sort of bringing in music and different elements like that, people start sort of, I guess, gathering and, and they feel like, okay, we could, we could do something here. We could push through the police or we could, um, I think you're right. There are sort of a handful of bad apples and we look at some of the people um, that were arrested, one of them in particular, you know, this is someone um, once we sort of had the photo of them being arrested and then we sort of matched that with some other photos, we realised actually this is someone who's been involved in many of these um, so-called freedom protests. And so I I think these are sort of a real core key uh, personnel who ultimately are sort of trying to garner this discontent um, for the government and for these mandates and uh, ultimately against the vaccinations. Where this specific protest goes, well, that's anyone's guess. They say they're here for the long haul. They say they're here all week. Uh, and obviously everyone here at Parliament, uh, there is a little bit of, I guess, questions around safety because we we have to come to and from work every day as well. And so we're going out the back exit. We're going out sort of different entrances and exits uh, to make sure that we are safe. Security is obviously ramped up. Police, I'm literally looking onto our forecourt here at Parliament and police are stationed all around to stop anyone uh, getting aggressive or confrontational. So it is it is a, a very odd uh, environment to be in at the moment. And I think uh, it's, yeah, anyone's guess as to how long this will play out. But uh, the protesters, will they say, we're here for a couple of days yet. I'm speaking with Aaron Darman, political reporter at News Talk ZB in New Zealand. He's joining me from the capital, Wellington, where there is a truckers' protest underway in front of Parliament. Parliament, which resumed this week, I understand. Uh, a similar, obviously, uh, something that will sound quite familiar to Canadian audiences these days. Um, the two things I want to ask you about before we went to break was, how was the police preparedness for this, given that they had seen this unfold somewhere else? And, and what kind of iconography are the protesters carrying? Because we've seen a lot of sort of similar signs in different places. And I'm just wondering what in New Zealand they'd be carrying. Yeah, I mean, this um, this this really uh, is uh, a, a case of police being very prepared because this, these are protests um, that we have seen um, overseas. These types of protests as well, we've seen last year here in New Zealand. 
Zealand and this is the same location. This is a little bit different because they're literally camping uh, on Parliament's lawn. But um, police really, I mean, they, they set up almost a little uh, a mess downstairs with food and drink. And you see them sort of rotating in and out through Parliament and out onto the forecourt, tapping each other on the shoulder. You know, hey, mate, you can, you can come back in and take a rest. I'll come and sort of fill in for you. And they've got a full um, rotation going on. In terms of iconography, well, it's funny because I can literally see uh, in terms of flags, we've got the New Zealand flags, but we've also got a Canadian flag that I've just spotted in one of the tents. Uh, and, uh, and, and alongside that, there are, there are a number of obviously signs, warning here, warning, don't vaccinate your children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a number of sort of very uh, extremist, I guess, um, uh, messages and iconography uh, that, that you probably um, wouldn't wouldn't repeat on the station, um, unite against fear and separation, sort of resign Jacinda Ardern. And this is, I guess, the thing with, with, with these whole protests is that there, there are some who, who I think really are sort of just here anti-vaccination or they're just here anti-mandates. And then there's others who really take it to the extreme and, and potentially undermine the whole argument of those who are, who, are, who are kind of just here because they're aggrieved because they've lost their job. Have police managed to, to sort of, I, I guess you mentioned earlier that not particularly, but have police managed to keep at least some of the sector open or is it, is it as you mentioned earlier, sort of completely blocked off and, and people, you know, you'd have to go to great lengths to try to move some of these trucks out? Yeah, I think you'd have to go to um, reasonably great lengths to, to move trucks out. Obviously, that is to immense frustration um, to uh, the, the, the Wellington people. Um, who are trying to get to and from work. We're heading now um, into rush hour again for a second day in a row, sort of buses and all the rest are disrupted on some of these main main routes. Um, there's also frustration about the fact that the, the council, um, because it's too dangerous, uh, are planning, from my understanding, not to ticket any of these cars that have quite literally just parked um, on the road. Uh, and so... In terms of sort of coming and going, Parliament is reasonably sort of locked down at the moment. Um, yeah, police are out, out in force, um, security are out in force, uh, and these people sort of uh, are, are camped up uh, and uh, they don't look like they're going anywhere uh, anytime soon. We've read so much about what's unfolded in New Zealand. And of course, your Prime Minister has become sort of a world star. Um, what has it been like over the last two years to try to keep COVID down? With such a with such success, I imagine there's been a lot of sacrifices made. A lot of sacrifices um, have certainly been made um, here in New Zealand. I mean, I still remember. I think back um, to March 2020. Oh, actually, even sort of further back, I still remember um, being at different events with the Prime Minister and the Deputy Prime Minister at the time, Winston Peters, uh, and we were talking about this thing called COVID-19. You know in Wuhan, will this sort of be an issue for New Zealand? You know, New Zealand is quite isolated. Uh, why Why would this end up on our shores? And then come March 2020, suddenly we're heading into a lockdown. Uh, and I still remember uh, sort of that State of the Nation address for me as a political reporter. It was the first time the Prime Minister had ever sat in her um, office in what we call the Beehive on the ninth floor, where, where, where she is based, and uh, giving this sort of address to the nation. And over the last couple of years, it's just been, one of the most kind of, I guess, fascinating things, but also really difficult um, situations for a lot of New Zealanders because throughout that uh, time, there have been lockdowns, particularly for Auckland, our largest city, uh, have, have had numerous days, 107 days, I, I believe, last year, uh, they, ha- they were sort of locked down from August to sort of November, December. Uh, and, and it's been one of those stories that as a reporter has been, yeah, incredibly, uh, I guess, 
a privilege to cover. But for a lot of New Zealanders, it's been one of the most sort of difficult things we've faced in our lifetime because our freedoms have been limited and, and, and the way that we have lived our lives has been limited. And I guess it's, it's, it's always been this balancing act of, well, the health response and then ultimately the, the quality of life. And the government has had to really tread that fine line. And honestly, I don't envy uh, the position that Jacinda Ardern and, and her government has been in. Um, just for listeners who may not know, 5 million people more or less in New Zealand, just 18,000 confirmed COVID cases and only 53 deaths, which if you look at every other country in, in the world is, is remarkable in, in many, many ways. Is there a sense of pride around that or does it feel like you're coming to the end or hopefully coming to the end of a very long and treacherous journey? Probably both. I mean, there, there, there is, of course, a sense of pride or more, I guess, a sense of relief to a certain extent that we've that we've got this far without sort of such a huge influx of cases with uh, such a huge uh, i guess uh, yeah deaths and all those all those sort of numbers that we see overseas we just haven't seen them here but of course it is absolutely important to remember that that has been because and in part because we've had things like MIQ, so our managed isolation and quarantine facilities. The impact of that being, I mean, I have family overseas, the impact of that being I haven't seen my family in years and years. And, and so these are the kinds of sacrifices and losses um, that we have made, and those are really difficult. Um, so while there is a sense of pride, there is also now a sense of we just need to get to the end of this. We just need to reopen to the world because we can't stay isolated away from the world. And so there have been pros and there have been cons. And as we start to reopen to the world, end of this month, we open to Australia, uh, to fully vaccinated travellers. Then 13th of March, we open to the rest of the world um, in terms of fully vaccinated travellers. I mean, those are the dates that New Zealanders are looking forward to because for so long we've been hamstrung in a way by the, uh, of this ability to travel by our MIQ system. And while it has emerged as a really successful, I guess, deterrent, if you will, of uh, COVID-19 in our community with, with the rise of things like Omicron, which is far more transmissible, uh, the government has been forced to accept in a way that actually this virus will spread. Uh, they've done all they can in terms of vaccinations, in terms of encouraging people to get their booster shots. And now it's time to, to keep, keep, I guess, that balance but the balance has shifted and the balance now has, has become, okay, we need to, to allow New Zealanders to, to live a bit more of their lives and a bit more of their lives overseas. We've done all we can when it comes to protecting them from the virus. Aaron Dobbin, thank you so much for taking the time tonight. I know how busy it is there. I know you're probably filing tonight because it is Wednesday afternoon there. Um, and best of luck covering, covering the protests on, on your front door these days. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure. I, w I am actually off, 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 off to file uh, another uh, voice report um, on this protest for, uh, okay. for our station. <laughs> I, wish, I wish you the best of luck. It's been a pleasure. See you later.